Hello, everyone, and welcome to Penny's Politics. I am your host, Penny Sikora. Four quarters of Penny's Politics coming up. Penny's Politics starts starts right now. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Penny's Politics. Join the live blog. Email me, Penny at or tweet me at Penny Sikora or use the hashtag Penny's Politics. We got four quarters worth of a lot going on in America. Apparently, there is a lot going on in America. I mean, there I shouldn't even say apparently. There is a lot going on in America. <sighs> Let me take a deep breath before. I get going with today's show. I have to take take a breath because there's a lot going on right now. I have so much news that I want to talk about. That's every week, if I'm honest. In preparing for the show, obviously, I go through, I am my own producer. So I go through all of the 11 million news stories and I decide, what am I going to talk about? I try to hit people with a non-partisan, non-ideological perspective. I try. I think I'm pretty good at it. And I also try to talk about, and I should say that in context, you know, in which I'm, when I'm talking about the stories everyone else is talking about, I try to give you the no-spin version of the story because certainly the spun versions are going to blame the other side. That's what they're going to do. But I also try to talk about stories that not everybody's talking about. I said, I try. It's not always the case, but I try. But this week, you just, you can't avoid some of the stories going on. So here in Orlando, as we clean up, you know, from Irma, state's got its power back. We're kind of, life is getting back to normal, although there's still a lot of work to go. If you go down in the Keys, there's still a lot of work to do, but we'll get it done. Pending that there aren't any other major storms out there. That are gonna, you know, be wrecking havoc on Florida because hurricane season still has another, essentially two months. The end of next month uh, is the end of hurricane season. We got about seven weeks left, seven eight weeks left of hurricane season. Meanwhile, my brethren in Puerto Rico, it's 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 bad for them. most of the islands without power. You know, a good chunk of the islands without you know access to to, to drinkable water. It's just horrible for them. And I'm not, and, and I'm not going to get into that story deep. I'm going to talk about it, but I'm not going to get in that story deep, even yet. Even that, I can't even get deep into that story, because while we're dealing with uh, Puerto Rico, a mass shooting happens. Another mass shooting has happened. So yesterday, or rather, late Sunday night, a mass shooting happened 
in America again. And before I go into talking about that particular incident, I want to take this time to give a moment of silence for the victim. Thank you. There are over 500 people wounded. There are more than, there's 50 plus people killed. This is the worst mass shooting in the history of the United States of America. Without a doubt, it was an act of terror terrorism. Certainly what we know to be true is that this person was not a Muslim, this person, so therefore they're not being called a terrorist. This person is not a person of color, so therefore they're not being called a terrorist. But when you go on the 30-something floor of a hotel and you mow down people at a concert, what do you call that? I call it terrorism. Now, I'll give President Trump credit. He condemned the act. Of course he did. I'm not going to politicize that. I would have preferred if he would have taken it a step further and called this person a terrorist. We certainly recognize that under certain conditions, he will call the person a terrorist. But the narrative is still the same. Once you identify the person, we begin to establish our narratives. This person is a white male, so therefore the common narratives include, and I quote, mentally ill, lone wolf, and that's frustrating, but I mean, okay, fine. Both sides, you know, are going to get out, and they're going to take their respective sides. Conservatives are going to dig deep saying, hey, you know. We have a Second Amendment that should be upheld. This is not the time to politicize politicize things. Liberals are going to say, no, we need more gun control in America. This is happening way too frequently. Gun control, gun control. People are going to take their respective sides. Nobody's going to listen to the other side. And we're going to politicize this argument. I know that we, we, we say we, we shouldn't because there are victims here. There are. Oh, and I forgot the other side. The conspiracy theorists are already out saying this is a this is a hoax. The government is doing this simply to push upon us a will of gun control. Which I'm like, really? Gun control? That's 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 what the government's doing here. In 2012, I turned on my TV as I do every morning to the news, to wake up to hear that 26 people have been gunned down at elementary school, 20 of which were victims between ages of five and six. And we as Americans collectively gasped while the legislators dug in their heels and did nothing. The most proposal I heard was let's give teachers guns. 
an argument that makes no sense to me, considering we we're, we're pretty convinced as a country that teachers are overpaid and underworked. I suppose you can add this to their list of responsibilities, and maybe the maybe the, their pay and benefits will be earned then, maybe. But we dig into our collective sides, and there's no there's no in, intelligent conversation to be had when we're yelling at each other and, and drawing our sides. The people on the, the the right want so badly for this to be a brown-skinned Islamic terrorist, brown-skinned Islam worshiper. That's what they want because then you can push the narrative that this is an Islamic terrorist, even if that person were born and raised in America and had no contact with ISIS, like the Orlando shooter. But that's not the case. And then those on the left, they're hoping, they're hoping and praying that this person is a hot-blooded white American so they can call for gun control. We need more gun control. But that's what they do. They they take their respective sides, and then once the details come out, there's still some speculation. And what happens? I'll tell you what happens. In the case of Sandy Hook, we had 26 funerals. 26 people were, were buried. Four years later, here in Orlando, 49 people shot and killed, 58 others wounded, right here in Orlando. In fact, I was out that night on Orange Avenue, literally less than a mile or so from the incident, out having a good time like most young people do. On the weekend, as I was making my way home, I noticed a ton of police racing opposite direction that I was going. And I didn't think anything of it because I'm thinking it's a weekend. Maybe they're checking. Maybe they're setting up sobriety checkpoints because they do that here in Florida. Only to get home and turn on the TV to discover, no, a mass shooting had occurred again. And now here we are again, 14 months after the Orlando, which was then the worst mass shooting in American history, some deranged fool decided to use this as the opportunity to hold my beer. So I have a list of the mass shootings that have taken place in America in my lifetime. And these are in no particular order. This list is by no means exhaustive. 
1984, 21 people were killed at a McDonald's in California. In 1986, a postal worker killed 14 postal workers in Oklahoma. In 2009, this was the Army major that shot and killed 13 people. In Texas, nineteen ninety one, uh, in another Texas shooting, twenty three people were killed. In 2007, that was the Virginia Tech shooting. 32 people were killed. And of course, there was the Aurora, Colorado theater shooting in which 12 people were killed in a movie theater. I mentioned Sandy Hook. There was a gunman in at the Naval Sea Systems Command in DC that killed 12 people. That was in 2013. Then in 2015, 26-year-old in Oregon shot an assistant professor and eight students. That was in 2015, October of 2015. In June of 2015, Dylan Roof, of course, killed nine people in the church. Also in 2016, Chattanooga, four Marines and a Navy sailor died, was gunned down. And of course, there was a Colorado Springs shooting in November of 2015, in which a gunman killed a police officer and two civilians. And of course, the shooting here in Orlando last year, and now this shooting. And I asked myself, America, what are we, what are we going to do? What do we do? As a Christian, I was taught to pray. You pray for change. The Bible says it's not that simple. 
Got to, there's work to do as well. So I asked myself, what work do we do as Americans to deal with this? Because it's becoming more and more common. It's becoming more and more common. I honestly thought that after Sandy Hook, after watching kids get gunned down, after hearing about children getting gunned down, because you cannot make the case about children. Children are innocent, man. Babies. That one touched me to the core. I mean, it all hurts. It bothers me. And, I, and because I'm American, and I love, but I love people. My, my Christian faith, I love people. Nothing brightens my day more than fellowship. So I love people. I love engaging in political discourse, but I, I don't like the hatred. I don't, I hate the word libtard or liberalism is the disease. You know, I hate those terms. I hate the fact that liberals are always calling conservatives racist. I hate it. It does nothing but create divide. Nothing but create divide. But we, we run on it. Oh, we run on it. It is, it is our fuel, brother. And we can come up with facts and statistics to back up every claim that we have. Now, some of those claims true, absolutely. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. Is pigeonholing your political opponents or putting them in a box, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Does it further your agenda? Or does that soapbox just feel good to stand on? Because certainly we are beginning to recognize that it is not gaining us any, 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 anything. It's not getting us any ground. It's not drawing unity. It isn't doing anything. Pity. Let me be clear with you, Mr. Penny. Let me be clear with you, Mr. Penny. While you're on your little rant here, on your little show, let's, let's be clear about something. Okay, Penny? I need to be very clear. All right? It is not soapboxing or pigeonholing. It's simply calling a spade a spade. When you have the immorality of the opposing party, we must call that out, Penny. You cannot deny that, sir. You cannot. So get off of your radio soapbox, sir, while you are talking about us. Ideologues and partisans, we are simply calling a spade a spade. That's the, that's the stance you're going to take? That, that, that's what you're going to tell me? You're just calling it like it is? you have to realize that I have a vast knowledge of information drawn from the scholars and from the archives, and I have studied this ad nauseum, and I, I, I understand this better than you, and so therefore the truth hurts, and, and if the truth hurts, then you must deal with the truth. I am simply calling a spade a spade. And so in calling a spade a spade, what are you gaining out of this? I am telling the truth, and because you are Christian, sir, your your own Bible said that the truth shall set you free. Does it not? Is not truth liberating, Penny? Is it not? So I, I don't I don't understand your issue here, sir. We are simply telling the truth, and sometimes that truth hurts, and so. We must not run from, are you, Penny, are you saying that we should run from the truth? No, what I'm asking is, what is it gaining us? What is being gained by putting your opponents 
in a box. And it's not like you're just speaking these universal truths into the atmosphere with the purpose of educating folks. No, you want to defeat your enemy. This isn't about educating anybody. It's about winning elections. When you hear people talk about politics, it's about, well, we won, but we won, but we won. But what did you win? Sure, you won an election and your guy got elected, but how did that make America better? Well, Penny, listen here, boy. I'm not going to sit here and let, let you talk about my America no more. Listen, you're going to have to listen here. I need you to understand something and be, let me be clear about this here. America's the greatest country ever. And when we elect a God-fearing man to that White House over there, we are, by, by order, making America great again. You hear me? Do you hear me? But, but, but that is perception. The perception that is, if, if my guy is in America, we're heading in the right direction. But if your guy is in, excuse me, if my guy is elected and leading America, we are heading in the right direction. But if your guy is 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 leading America, we're heading in the wrong direction. That's 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 it's perception. Penny, listen to me. Let me. I'm gonna tell you one more time. I'm gonna be clear when I say this here. I know it hurts to hear the truth, like the other brother said. I but. When we elect a God-fearing American in that their White House, we are moving this country in the right direction. You, you, you look here. You, you write that. You can take that check and cash it anywhere, there, brother. But it's all perception, and it is a pendulum that swings backwards and forwards, and and, and all while it's swinging, it is cut, slicing us to pieces. It is dividing us. It is. We're not growing as a nation. We're not making any progress because, see, the truth is cluttered amongst all of these facts. There are a ton of facts out here that both sides can use to try and bolster their argument. But the greater truth is hidden amongst all those facts. Let me tell you a secret. Let me tell you a secret, listeners. The truth is compiled of facts on both sides. So with that said, let's look at some facts. Here are some facts. America has a gun problem. That is a fact. America has a mental illness problem. That is a fact. America has a drinking problem. America has a drug problem. We have a ton of problems. America is not very educated. In a place that we're not very educated. Not at all. We are currently at the highest level in terms of college degrees, the highest level measured by the census in our history. And from a article written earlier this year, 33.4% of Americans, about a third, have a degree have a four years degree or better. Four, four, 40, 33%. So I live in a country in which there's a drug problem. Many of us drink. It's hyper-partisan. And it's not just a differences of ideals anymore. Now it is personal. Now if you are in the opposing party, you have a character flaw. I have seen families 
family members not speaking to each other, friends unfriending each other. And I'm not just talking about check, clicking a box on Facebook. I'm talking about in real life, I don't want to deal with you anymore because of your partisan differences, because you voted for Trump or you voted for Hillary Clinton. That's where we are now in America. That's what we've gone. It's no longer just a simple different differing of opinions. Now, I'm a student of history. I've not read it. I can't say I've, I, I can't say I've seen it. I've not read it being this partisan since the days of the Civil War. Because you had two competing ideologies. One, one said, hey, listen, we need slavery. We need slavery. Niggers was not designed to be equal to the white man in this, this here country. So we need them to, to fuel our economy. And we are prepared to shed blood to protect that institution. We are going to leave the United States and we're going to shed blood to protect that institution. Oh, no, you're not. Slavery has been abolished in the, the, the Great Britain and other developed nations have decided that they have moved on because the black people are not supposed to be in bondage. They can't really, I don't think they should vote, but, and they're not equal to whites, but they should not be in bondage. And so... This issue is going to have to be dealt with. Our president has said that a nation divided cannot stand. And so America was divided on this particular issue. And now there is no one issue. It's almost everything. We're divided on abortion. We're divided on military spending, budget spending. We're divided on health care. We're divided on racism, whether or not that's a problem. Police brutality, and whether or not that's a problem. We cannot, we cannot agree what the First Amendment means. We cannot agree what the Second Amendment means. We are so divided. And the elected leaders who we elect to lead us are leading us to a world of division. You don't believe me? Listen to the rhetoric of your favorite person. They're not out there saying, I'm going to do this for America, or I'm going to do that. No, they 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 get you aroused or excited and motivated to vote for them by telling you what the other side is going to do to destroy your country. If you're a Democrat, then the Republicans are racist and they're gonna, they're here to, to make this country just good for one set of people, the white man. And if you're a Republicans, the Democrats hate America. I don't know about you, but that would that would arouse me to want to do something. Wait a minute, that guy over there and with the red shirt on is a racist. He don't like me because of the color of my skin. What? And if I that was another that if, if if I were gonna vote the other way, what what do you mean telling the guy with the blue shirt on hates my country? You mean this? You mean this country that I my granddaddy fought for, fought fascism, destroyed fascism for? He hates this country, the country that gave him his job. Are you kidding me? Oh, I'm ready to go. You ready to go vote? Yeah, I'm ready to punch him too. That's where we are. That's where we are. And it is scary. And all the while, we all beat our chests about how great this country is. America is the greatest country. It's, a, it's an experiment that's 241 years old. We are babies. The rest of the world, look at that. Look at that teenager over there. They think they know everything. Teenager got a little money. Kind of, you know what I'm saying? Getting good grades. 
don't know don't know his butt from a hole in the ground over there and just think he just know everything. That's how the rest of the world views America. That's essentially what we are. We're babies. People don't know the great constitution that was written was and it's an amazing set of words, but they don't know that the the, the Continental Congress and, and and their founding documents they made the constitution out of desperation because they had to come up with something because our government was falling to pieces. Eleven years from founding to from from the declaration to you know we actually having a, a constitution, and yet people think that 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 was just this awesome plan God inspired. Now, I'm as a Christian believer, I certainly believe that that God orchestrates a lot of stuff. But let's not let, let's let's slow down on the beating on our chest about America exceptionalism here. Because what I'm witnessing is that America is exceptionally great at division and murdering people with guns. And we need to get back to the things that truly make us exceptional. And I'm not talking about just making money. But Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash pennies politics. You want to join on the live blog right now. We're talking about this show. Or you can email me, Penny at IUNewsTalk.com, or follow me on Twitter at Penny Sikora. The first quarter is done. The second quarter will return. We're going to keep this conversation going in the second quarter. You're listening to Penny's Politics. Stay tuned. Show your support for the Independent Underground Radio Network, which has been podcasting strong since 2010 with over 4.5 million downloads and over 700 episodes with our affiliate network of shows, including Constitutionally Speaking with host Autumn Smith, Third Wave Feminism with host Jenny and Diane, Penny's Politics with host Penny Sequoia, and our flagship show, Independent Underground Radio Live with host Monica RW. So how can you show that support? By going to get the Independent Underground Radio Network app for just $2.99 at Google Play or the Apple Store. Just go and put in the search for Independent Underground Radio Network on Google Play or at the Apple Store and download a version of our app in order to have all of our affiliate network of shows right on your phone, your tablet, computer, or wherever you want to listen to them by streaming live of the Independent Underground Radio Network. Remember, just go to Google Play or the Apple Store. Search for Independent Underground Radio Network and download a version of our app on your phone for just $2.99 today and show your support for the best in independent black political anywhere in the world at the Independent Underground Radio Network. Independent Underground News and Talk and Independent Underground Radio Network. Advanced Auto Parts is offering 20% off of your first order. Now, to save 20% off your first order, go to www.advancedautooffer.com forward slash IU Radio Network. Again, www.advancedautooffer.com. 
autooffer.com forward slash IU Radio Network to save 20% off of your first order. And make sure that you put in AAP20 cast for the savings. Now, did you know that Advanced Auto Parts have been in business over 75 years and has helped the nations do it yourselfers fix their vehicles? Advanced Auto Parts is also your source for quality auto parts, advice, and accessories. So go ahead and get your 20% off today of your first order at advancedautooffer.com forward slash IU Radio Network. And make sure you put in the code AAP20CAST for your 20% savings. the facebook query type in penny's politics join the conversation the live blog is going on right now email me penny at iunewstalk.com or you can tweet me at penny sicora so as we head into the second quarter of penny's politics i'm going to continue to talk about the unfortunate tragedy that took place uh in over there in uh, las vegas in this case, what had happened in Vegas has not stayed in Vegas. Everyone is talking about it, and oh my goodness, it's just how much. What? What? What else, America? What else are we gonna do? I mean, are we in a terrorism competition? We talk about Islamic terrorism. We talk about building walls, and we have a problem here. There's a scripture that talks about uh, uh, talking that talks about talking about the speck in your brother's eye when there's a plank in yours, America. We got a plank in our eye. We have a plank in our eye. I, I want to get to some of the other news stories that I, I'm going to come back to this story. I'm, I'm going to I'm, certainly this is a huge thing and I don't want to downplay its importance. But I want to I want to get to some other stories um, that I wanted to cover because there's just other stories that I want to cover. This is a huge it's a huge tragedy. I don't want to downplay it. I'm going to come back to this later in the show. But some other things I want to hit on. So that I don't, I don't forget. You know, there, there's a story. Talk, we talk about. I was just saying earlier in the story, or earlier in the story, earlier in my show about how one side labels the other one as anti-American, and the other side labels the other side as racist. So there's a story out of Massachusetts. So a Massachusetts librarian has re- rejected books sent to her by First Lady Melania Trump. I'm reading to you an article from this is the Washington Post. Racist propaganda. Liberia rejects Melania Trump's gifts of Dr. Seuss book, Dr. Seuss books. One of Melania Trump's favorite books is Dr. Seuss' Oh, The Places You'll Go, which she read to her son, Baron, over and over when he was younger. The first lady, who is increasingly carving out a public post profile for herself, chose the classic children's book, and nine other Dr. Seuss, Dr. Seuss titles to send to an elementary school in Cambridge, Massachusetts in celebration of National Reader Book, Book Day. But a librarian at Cambridge Sport School decided to re- excuse me, refuse to accept the book, criticizing 
Trump administration education policies and images in the books. Seuss's illustrations are steeped in racist propaganda, caricatures, and harmful stereotypes. Liz, librarian Liz uh, Phipps Cero wrote in a letter to Trump on Tuesday. Giving the books as part of Trump's effort to use her platform to help as many children as she can, White House spokesman Stephanie Graham Grisham said. The efforts included hosting a roundtable discussion Thursday about the opioid epidemic, including how it affects youths, and speaking at a luncheon on the sidelines of the U.N. General Assembly about work she hopes to do as an anti-bullying advocate. The Department of Education chose one high-achieving school in every state to receive a package of books from Trump, according to a statement from the White House, turning the gesture of sending young school children's books into something divisive is unfortunate, but the First Lady remains committed to her efforts on behalf of children everywhere, Grisham, shed, uh, Grisham says. In her letter to children receiving uh, the books, Trump called getting called getting an education perhaps the most important and wondrous opportunity of young your, your young lives, which she is correct about. Your education will be a lifelong pursuit that will sustain and carry you far beyond your wildest imagination if you let it, she wrote, remembering that the, remember the key to achieving your dreams beginning begins with learning to read. On September 6th, she encouraged everyone to read and a, a read a book and let every page, quote, take you on an exciting journey. The Cambridge School System released a statement saying the librarian was not authorized to accept or reject donated books on behalf of the school district, according to CBS Boston. We have counseled the employee on all relevant policies, including the policy against public resources being used for political purposes. The district said in the statement the representative from the school system did not respond to, to requests from the Washington Post for comment. Uh, Phipps Sor Sorrow. Uh, points, and I'm not probably butchering her last name, but hey, I'm sorry. I can't read names very well. Uh, points to the recent literature that addressing potential racism in Seuss's work, including a book by prof by professor for children's literature, Philip Nail, ar that argues Seuss's depiction of Cat Nat was based on racial stereotypes and inspired by traditions of blackface entertainment. She also calls Seuss, of a, Seuss a bit of a cliche and tired and worn Ambassador for Children's Literature. In her letter posted in the Horn, on the Horn book, a publication covered, covering literature for children and adults. Many of the comments on Phipps uh, Sorrell's posts commended her for taking the stand, but others suggested that she was rude and ungrateful for not to accept accepted Trump's gifts. I'm appalled by this. How about teaching our children to be grateful for a gift? Accept the gift and say thank you, a commenter wrote, responding to Sorrell's post. Parents outside of the school told CBS Boston they, they supported the librarian's statement. I think the letter is really articulate, constructive, and the suggestions that the parents said parent Alex Van Van Prague. Seuss has a has long been associated with children's literacy. The National Education Association's annual Read Across America Day, when cities and towns across the country host events and celebrating celebrate reading, is is March second, which is Seuss's birthday. One of the reasons we partnered with Seuss 20 years ago in 1997 was to kickstart this program, NEA spokesman Stephen Grant told the School Library Journal. That was a strategy up front so kids would see Dr. Seuss's cat in the hat and spark some attention. He said an estimated 45 million students and teachers take part in reading events annually. And in the past two years, the program's mission has been shifting toward promoting diverse literature. But the author still has many admirers, including 
President Obama, who said he is still a big Dr. Seuss fan when he visited the library in southeast Washington in 2015. You know, I, I'm going to end the article there. I, 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 you get the gist of the article. So, the, so Melania Trump, who the first lady, I, she is the first lady. And let me be clear on this show. I may, I may take shots at the president. He's the president. That's kind of what he's there for. He's there for us to beat up on. No, he's he's there. He's our elected leader of the country. And he will he will draw a lot of criticism because he will. I, I I'll admit I'll take a personal shot here or there. You know I, I may call him fat or something, but uh, I don't will never never attack his wife. I will never attack his kids, even as adult. Well, no, as adult kids are different. It's little kids. Baron, I'm never going to talk to him about the little guy. He's a handsome little guy. And he has a beautiful wife. And so is Michelle Obama. She was beautiful. But if she ain't, if she doesn't represent, she's not married to the, the person that represents your party, then all of a sudden there's a problem. When Melania sent this, and I don't, I, I'll be honest, I've never heard of the Dr. Seuss being racist ever. I've never heard that. There's a ton of Dr. Seuss books that I love. Green eggs and ham. Ooh, Sam, I am. But there's some Americans that won't vote for Democrats in a in a car. They won't vote for them far. They won't vote with glee. Please let them be. There's some uh, Americans that won't vote for Republicans in a house, not with the mouse. Not on a train, not on a plane. They think voting for Democrats is just insane so they, they i don't I, I love i love dr seuss i love his works i, I love his books I, i've never heard of, of it's racist when i look at the characters they're all different colors they're very colorful i don't see any race of people in fact it's i can't even see the stereotypes and i don't see the stereotypes as the cat the hat really blackface really that's what they draw the cat the hat but even millennia has her agenda which is anti-bullying, and she decided to, to 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 send out these books to the schools. One book, high-performing school, in every state was selected. And 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 I'll be honest with you, I have a problem with that. Why not just pick random schools? Why, the high-performing schools get everything. They get everything. They get all the attention, all the praise. There's some smaller schools that could use that. That could use that. You hear this is from the president. Imagine how it would brighten those students' day. Imagine, because yes, there are still uh, people among us, young people among us that are very young that aren't as partisan as the rest of the world is. They're not there yet. They Everything is not politicized in their world. And I'm grateful for that. But so Melania sends out these books and this, this, this teacher decides it's racist. And I think my personal opinion, this teacher is being an idiot. And this is what is wrong with liberals. Every time you turn around, somebody saying that the Republicans are racist and that they hate people of color, turn around. That's what that's where we're at. Every time you turn around, they're saying that they're racist. And it's becoming exhausting. And so everything is racist. So then when we have legitimate racism. People are like, huh? No, you you said that that you said that tires are racist because they're black, and you said that because they, we made them black on purpose, 
and that this it symbolizes America running all over black people. And then that's where we've gotten because yes, some liberals cry racism way too much, way too much. If somebody says the, the N word, all oh, people lose the, the people on the, liberals lose their collective minds. Oh my God, it's a Negro. Oh no, it's boycott them and shut them down and damn them to hell. They hate them. They hate us. They hate America. They hate black people. But we look at the disparity studies about the criminal justice system, and it's can we can we pass policy on them? No, they didn't say nigger, so we can't. No, it's not, it's not worry about that. If the jails say nigger, then we'll worry about it. If they don't say nigger, let's not worry about it. It's not a problem either. Hear no evil, see no evil. And so we're not we can't take them seriously, but 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 that's the problem. And this teacher was being an idiot right here. Do I think Melania's racist? Hell no. Do I think that she's a mom that truly, genuinely cares about little kids? Yeah. Do I think that she believes that she wants little kids to learn? I believe it, that she does. I'm not going to reflect her husband onto her. She is an independent woman that has an independent mind. And by independent, I mean she's, she's, she can think for herself. And so I, I think in this instance, the attacks of her are, are unjustified. I think that this teacher in Cambridge is, is just being an idiot. And that this, this does not help your cause. Not at all. You want to scream racism? Look at our court system. Let's continue to have the conversation about, conversation about police brutality. Let's continue that conversation. That's a real conversation. There are real issues there. Let's talk about the legacies of white flight in urban neighborhoods and redlining that has given sub the suburbs that were propped up by government funding and government subsidies, giving them a decade's head start on property value uh, raises and giving them all that good funding for the schools. Let's talk about the fact that schools are still very segregated. That's, that's a problem that we need to have a conversation about. I wonder how many black people go to that school in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I wonder how diverse that school is. Step in most schools in America, you'll notice primarily one race of people, one way or the other. We've not made we've made some great strides legislatively. In reality, not we've made some strides. I won't say not any because that's just simply not true. Certainly, I believe that most Americans don't care, really care what color you are. I believe that. But those same Americans harbor a lot of prejudices and stereotypes, biases. That exists. But this... <laughs> This story is, this teacher is just being just utterly ridiculous. And, and it really frustrates me. It really does because this is another cry-wolf cry situation that people are going to take a step back. There's another cry-wolf that I want to talk about. 
And this one involves a guy that I thought that I had some respect for by the name of Michael Bennett, who plays with the Seattle Seahawks, who tends who tends to be the most wake woke team in the nation. Because they got this quarterback over there that's just woke as hell. He's very woke. And they used to have this running back by the name of Beast Bode, who's now in Oakland, who I have great respect for uh, because he just does not care what people think about him. He's him. He who he is. But anyway, Michael Bennett, all oh, the police pointed a gun to my head. They used excessive force in the nightclub and they prof- and, or in the casino and they profiled me because I was a bleak back, big black man. Well, come to find out that wasn't the case at all. The body camera... Uh, which they got out quickly. Well, they released this body camera quickly. Usually you have an incident in which there's allegations of the police doing wrongdoing. And, you know, if it happened in January of 2017, they'll release it in in May of 2020. But this one they released quickly. And if you look at the camera evidence, the police were extraordinarily professional. They're like, well, why are you running? And we have to do this as a precaution. We don't know if you're the shooter or not. We don't know what's going on. We're just doing this as a precaution. I apologize. I see it's an inconvenience. I'm paraphrasing, but this is essentially what they said. Uh, you know, I apologize. I know it's an inconvenience, but, you know, we're just making sure. And so now Bennett has egg on his face. And those that quickly jumped in the side have egg on their faces. But I guarantee you one thing, people aren't backing down from their positions. They're going to continue with the same narrative. Bennett, you lied. You didn't have to lie. You don't have to come out of the blue and say, hey, by the way, the police did this. They, they, they got me because I'm a big black brother. And I, you didn't have to come out and say all of that nonsense. And so you wonder why, you know, opponents say, conservatives, say you play victim. Because that's what you did here. You played victim and you weren't a victim. You were absolutely not a victim. You got all up in arms. Your Seattle teammates knelt with you and they say, okay, oh, it didn't happen. Because it listen, I mean, if, if we're being honest, okay, here's the truth of the matter. Here's some facts. The fact is that incidents happen. The fact is also that incidents don't happen. People lie sometimes. Sometimes people tell the truth. Sometimes people lie. Here's the truth. There is a problem. The truth is the league, which is 70% African American, we're talking about the NFL, many of them are going to experience some kind of racial discrimination or be targeted because of the color of this. That is a fact. It happens. The one thing that binds black people together, regardless of your economic status, is the good old police. They treat us all the same. The good police treat treat us like humans and citizens and adhere to the Constitution and their delivery of our protection, service and protection. The bad ones treat us like niggers. That, that's, that's consistent across the board. But you don't have to lie about it because there are a ton of examples, a ton of examples. If you don't believe me, keep on living. I, I hear all the time... You know, Lil Wayne, I've never experienced racism. Lil Wayne, you're lying through your teeth. You live in New Orleans. You've experienced racism. I don't buy it. And there's a, a, a ton of conservative. I've just, I, I, I've never, I've never experienced racism ever, ever. I'm colorblind. When the light goes green, I just guess and go. I don't buy it. If a kid told me that, 
I might buy it. If a teenager told me that, I'm a little skeptical. If a grown man told me that, nah, bro. Unless you've never left the black community, you've experienced some racism. I was in Madison, Wisconsin. This is back in uh, maybe 2008 or 2009. I was there. I was there lobbying. What I, what kind of what I do? I was parked at a. There's so if you ever been to Madison, there's this where the Capitol building is. There's a circular street that you know, you know, circles around the Capitol building, and on the circle is a hotel called Inn in the Park. I believe I forget what chain uh, hotel it belongs to, but it's called Inn in the Park. It's it's a chain hotel, but it's called Inn in the Park. I forget what chain it's part of. And and shout out to George, who's the manager over there, who's still who's still there, by the way. He's an amazing guy fantabulous service but i was there and when i'm in when i'm lobbying i'm i'm in suit and tie kind of what you wear when you're in a professional environment like that and a suit and tie and i was looking sharp you hear me rubbing against me you've been cut i was so sharp but I, i was in suit and tie but i left my suit jacket in my car and so i ran across the street from the capitol building to grab my jacket because I was I, I had lunch and I didn't want to get anything on my jacket, so I, 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 you know, I went back to get it out of my car. As I walked over to my car, I grabbed my my suit jacket and I'm putting it on. And oh, an older white gentleman, you know, now now, now the, the the hall that there's this tunnel that you got to walk through that is adjacent to the end of the park, and you know it goes to their parking area. There's a structure, and of course, the parking lot, open the open parking lot, and the rest of the parking structure. There's also a valet parking stand right there in that in that tunnel. So I walk from my car. I walk past the valet parking stand, and an older white gentleman who pulled in in a very nice Cadillac goes hand me his keys. I say, "Pardon me." He goes, "Here you go. Do you give me a ticket?" I said, "Huh." A ticket for what? He said, for my, to park my car so I can retrieve it when I return. I said, excuse me? He says, you, he says, he says, don't you work here? So I shook my head. I said, and I says, no. He says, you don't work here? And so I, I kind of did one of those, as I call it, the, the, the white man's excuse me moment, excuse me gesture, in which I button my, my suit jacket up and I adjust my tie. And I says, no, I don't work here. Was that racism? I think so. Some people, some people told me, well, he might have thought you worked there. How did he think that I worked there in suit and tie? The valet, uh, the valet guys have jackets on that say valet. They're wearing jeans and tennis shoes, not suit and tie. But. That's what he thought. He thought I worked there. Even after, even, and I had to tell him twice, I don't work here. And he looked at me with this look of, are you serious? And I was, yeah, I don't work here. But that was one experience of many. I have a ton of them. And I'm not one of those people that just quickly cries racism. And I didn't lose my mind after he did that. You know, he didn't apologize, which made me angry. But it is what it is. I didn't lose my mind and, you know, tell in on the park, oh, you got racist clients. I didn't do any of that stuff because to me it was not that serious. 
while I did perceive it as racism, maybe it wasn't out of mistake. Maybe he did thought, think that I worked there in suit and tie. I don't know. But there's worse examples. But you're certainly not going to catch me in a meltdown over each and every last one. Here's an example of racism. And, 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 and I've been debated on this one. So my wife applies for a job. This is way back when we first got married. She's still, in, she's still uh, finishing up her undergrad degree. And she applied for a job at the bank. Now, mind you, my wife's record is, she's no record to speak of. I think she has one speeding ticket. Even though she just ain't been caught enough times. But, but, but I digress. She has one speeding ticket. And she applied for this job at, at this bank. Her resume is impressive. You know, high school graduate. She's in college. Good grades. She's had other jobs. She had definitely has, she's definitely overqualified for the position which she's applying as a bank teller. And so they call her for a phone interview. And the first phone interview goes really well. Then they then there's a second phone interview, and the second phone interview is with the hiring manager. The hiring manager is just interviewing her and just impressed. He's liking her, and he's he's you know telling, oh you're oh my god you're you oh my, if I could hire you right now I would absolutely, but there's a process. But I would hire you right now. You you know the search over. We we got our candidates. He was excited with that phone interview. But there's two things I want you to consider here, okay? He's talking to a woman with the last name of Sikora, all right? And she doesn't, quote, unquote, sound urban. He's a very intelligent person who's more articulate than I. But he was the guy on the over the phone. He's impressive. I would hire you right now. Then she had a, then he said, you got to do one more interview, just a little quick face-to-face -face interview, you know, and then, you know, then it, that's it. But he said, you, you pretty much got the job. She did a face-to-face -face interview, and a, he did a wall 180. Then he wasn't interested anymore. And she didn't get the job. So I asked, what happened? Yes, the guy that interviewed was a white guy. A white black woman. Very attractive black woman. What happened? Was that racism? Or did she all of a sudden not qualify? Because the background check was done between the first two phone calls. That checked out. The educational references checked. The third interview was just a, just, you know, formality. At least that's what he told her over the phone. Then he sees her in person, all of a sudden things change. And this isn't a major chain bank. It was a smaller, one of the smaller, uh, smaller banks. So what changed? Now I've heard a gamut of explanations, but let's be clear. The only thing changed that he saw who she was. And so when I say racism happens, it certainly does. And so at some point, these people are going to experience it. They don't have to make it up. And when these things happen, let's talk about it. But don't make it up. That, that does not help the cause. And certainly recognize when it's systemic. If you're being denied a job, that's a whole different conversation than somebody just simply saying the N-word. Because let's be honest. It ain't that serious no more. I mean, it, it is to some people, but in, in the bigger scheme of things, meh. Facebook, 
Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Penny's Politics. Penny Secor at Penny Secor on the Twitter and uh, email me at uh, what is that? Penny at IUNewsTalk.com. We're going to have time. The third quarter when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. We're going to talk about, return the conversation about Vegas, and I got a Penny's Punk Boy Award to hand out. Stay tuned. entrepreneurs and small business owners it's the very thing that always seems to be in short supply tons to do never enough time to get it all done the good news is that our friends over at fresh books fill your pain and have created something to help you reclaim some of your precious time FreshBooks is the simple invoicing solution that lets you create and send slick professional looking invoices in seconds oh and invoicing is just the beginning FreshBooks will also make managing your expenses, staying on top of who owes you what, and tracking your time the easiest part of your day. If your business keeps you constantly on the move, not to worry. The FreshBooks mobile app can keep up. You can use the camera on your phone to capture your receipts while you watch FreshBooks magically create your expense reports for you. If you do have questions, contact the award-winning FreshBooks support team and get help from real life humans no phone tree no less we escalate that no i will get back to you just helpful service at the drop of a hat so to try freshbooks free for 30 days just go to www.gofreshbooks.com forward slash iu radio network again www.gofreshbooks.com forward slash iu radio network and enter independent underground news and talk into the how did you hear about us section today's show is brought to you by zipcar.com earn a 25 hour free driving credit at www.joinzipcar.com forward slash iu radio network did you know that Zipcar is the world's largest car sharing network providing wheels when you want them in over 500 cities and towns, 500 colleges, and at 500 airports? Again, today's show is brought to you by Zipcar.com. Earn your $25 free driving credits at www.joinzipcar.com forward slash IU Radio Network. Show your support for the Independent Underground Radio Network, which has been podcasting strong since 2010 with over 4.5 million downloads and over 700 episodes with our affiliate network of shows, including Constitutionally Speaking with host Autumn Smith, Third Wave Feminism with host Denny and Diane, Penny's Politics with host Penny Sequoia, and our flagship show, Independent Underground Radio Live with host Monica R.W. So how can you show that support? By going to get the Independent Underground Radio Network app for just $2.99 at Google Play or the Apple Store. Just go and put in the search for Independent Underground Radio Network on Google Play or at the Apple Store and download a version of our app in order to have all of our affiliate network of shows right on your phone, your tablet, computer, or wherever you want to listen to them by streaming live of the Independent Underground Radio Network. Remember, just go to Google Play or the Apple Store. Search for Independent Underground 
Down Radio Network and download a version of our app on your phone for just $2.99 today and show your support for the best in independent life political anywhere in the world at the Independent Underground Radio Network.